0: Amen. Good morning, church. I said first service and it applies to second. You know, there's times when I'm singing and I just stop singing just to hear the choir, you, sing. It's really much more pleasant than just hearing my own voice anyway. But it's great to hear God's praises being sung out with enthusiasm because it is so true. We are free. We are free indeed. College coach Pepper Rogers uh, never fit the mold of the stereotypical football coach and he really didn't bother even trying. He would deploy whatever uh, persona was necessary to motivate his players. And so he was known to uh, play the ukulele or do cartwheels and tap dancing. It didn't matter, whatever it would take to motivate his players. It's so, told at one time on the sideline at one game and his team was losing and losing badly. He yelled out to his players, we're going to win this game. Somehow. I don't know how, but somehow we're going to win. And Peppers was kind of known for those kind of antics on the sideline and, and looking for laughs, but he was also known for relationships. That's why when his now, UCLA football team suffered through a poor season in the early 70s. It wasn't only the losing that got to him, but that he was all alone without friends. And during that losing season, uh, Pepper Rogers came under intense uh, criticism and pressure from alumni and fans. In an interview years after that time, he reflected on that losing season. Things got so bad, he remembers with a smile, that friends became hard to find. My dog was my only true friend. And then Roger says of that year, I told my wife that every man needs at least two good friends. So she went out and bought me another dog. (laughs) It's been said a real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. We all want a friend who is there for us no matter what. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you and you're there for me too. Friends, TV series that ran for 10 seasons in the mid-90s struck a nerve for the American public because most people want what the characters on that show uh, portrayed as having a circle of friends who will be there for them even when the rain starts to pour. See, superficial friendships are all too common. Why is it that we can be friends today and then drop those over something incidental? A Greek scientist, born and raised in Germany after observing friendships in America, coined the phrase, friendship inflation. That's how he labeled the American habit of making friends quickly and then dropping them lightly. Friendship inflation. Friends. How many friends do you have? And I'm not talking about Facebook. How many close friends do you have? Howard Hughes, a man at one time worth billions of dollars, was reported as saying, I'd give it all for one good friend. Friendships. Should we leave the subject of friendships to the secular world? I mean, how much thought have we given to a theology of friendships? See, one of the more common verbs for love in Greek is phileo, which is a word for friend. It means a friend who loves. So what makes a friend? What separates friends? Why can't we be friends? Those are the kind of questions that get our attention this morning. And if you're not there, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. As usual, we're going to be jumping all over the place. I'll give you the reference. Be good if you can catch up there. Um, But we're going to start with Proverbs chapter 13. So you can go there. Proverbs chapter 13 for starters. I want to look at the topic of friendships before we launch into our new sermon series in James next week. Proverbs provides us with some much needed wisdom on the nuances of, of genuine friendships. All right, principle number one friendships are seldom neutral. Friendships are seldom neutral. All right, if you're there, Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, what is that saying? Who we hang out with matters. Every one of us is affected by the people we spend time with. Friends shape us. Friends influence us. Becomes a question of whether it's in a positive or negative way or to what degree. But friendships are seldom neutral. Some friends can bring out the worst in us. Others can bring out the best in us. Some encourage us to go on with our relationship with God, and others make it more difficult to remain true to the Lord. They're seldom neutral. Actor uh, Don Johnson, remember him? Huh. Started in Miami Vice. Now, that's a blast from the past, right? When his career began taking off, uh, in the early 70s, he got caught up in the Hollywood lifestyle and spent a decade taking drugs and abusing alcohol and just living it up. Well, in 1983, he finally got his life straightened out and got sober. He was asked once if he had any regrets, and he said this, he said, yes, yes, I regret wasting lots of time with a bunch of friends that I wish I hadn't spent 10 minutes with now, let alone 10 years. A companion of fools suffers harm. Now, by the way, this does not contradict our mandate to go to the lost, Jesus uh, hung out with sinners, those who are spiritually needy, needy that, that we should do likewise. See, it speaks of a fool here in this passage and other places should not be confused with the one we're called to interact with and influence for Christ. A fool is one who, who totally disregards God and seeks to lead you away from the Lord, But the weak, uh, the spiritually needy, those walking aimlessly, we are to influence them. We are to interact with them. We are to be the salt and the light. But the question we must continually ask that serves a reality check in this matter of influence is: who is being influenced? Who is being influenced? Do your friends? By being around you, grow in an awareness of God when they're with you? Do they grow in in godly wisdom when they hang out with you? Are you a wise influence on your friends? Or are they more of an influence on you, drawing your heart away from the Lord? See, there's no denying it. We rub off on others and others rub off on us. Look at me at Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. It warns us here, Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Speaks of friendships here. Proverbs 22, verse 24 warns us, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate, have a friendship with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. As the Old West might put it, those we hang with might be the reason we are being hanged. <laughs> Who are you hanging out with? Friends influence us. They, 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 how we interpret the world around us and what we set our affections on and how we make choices. And it's true for, for all of us of any age. But, but young people, let me, just, let me just camp here for a moment. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Your choice of friends in this season of your life has the power to make or break you. They will shape you more than you realize. Why can't we be friends? Because it's drawing your heart away from God. Are you seeking to surround yourself with those who can encourage you in a relationship with the the Lord? Is, Is there any relationship any relationship, any friendship that you're in right now or pursuing that's tempting your heart to falter in your walk with God, you may need to make some changes. A man was going through his contacts on his phone when he realized it had been a while since he checked in with his friend, and so he, he called and it went right to his voicemail, and so he listened to the message. <laughs> It said, I'm not available right now, but I thank you for caring enough to call. I am making some changes in my life. Please leave a message. If I do not return your call, you are one of those changes. (laughs) All right. Not the way to do it. Not the way to do it. But do you need to make some changes with the friends you're hanging out with? Don't do it that way. But be wise when you consider your friends. Because friendships are seldom, and I almost said never, they're seldom neutral. All right, principle number two. Friendships are measured not by quantity, but quality. Friendships are measured not by quantity, but quality. All right, look at me at Proverbs 18.24. 18.24. Now, the first line here, it says different things in different translations because it's really a hard one to translate, the first line. Proverbs 18:24 says, "...a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother." And so the first line of that proverb, as I said, is difficult to translate. But it's the second line that's clearer. Matter of fact, it helps us to understand the first line. And it seems to be saying here that real friends are not found in quantity, but in quality. And the quality emphasized here describes one that's what? Sticks closer than, cleaves to, glued to another person. It's to have a tenacious loyalty. And that's the first quality found in a true friend. Loyalty. Loyalty. James Taylor wrote, You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call. And I'll be there. You've got a friend. This kind of loyalty is hard to find. There's a proverb that says that. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Get to these words. Chapter 20, verse 6. Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. Now remember, in, in Proverbs, in poetry, it's the rhyming of ideas. And so the second line rhymes with the first line by showing us a contrast which helps us to understand it. The contrast here. And chapter 20, verse 6, is between many people who claim, who claim to have faithful love and the rarity of the one who actually has it. It's saying it's rare to find one on whom you may actually depend. Now, this loyalty, it's not based on external circumstances. You know, situations like the person falls on hard times or they let you down because of some misstep or... A Fault that could potentially become this wedge between you know, it's the quality of your friendship that can withstand Such a blow. That's why Proverbs 17 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity See a real friend is one who sticks closer than a brother See a sibling is stuck with you <laughs> You're stuck with them but a friend chooses you when that friend chooses to stick with you through the bad and the good times prize that cherish that friendship All right, I need to flip it around are you marked by loyalty am I do you, would you pass a loyalty test there was this instructor from a dog training workshop in Salt Lake City and this um, instructor noted that a dog's loyalty can be tested by the owner. That for an instance, if the, if the owner were to fall down and pretend to be hurt, a dog with a bad disposition would, won't do much with it, they may come over and bite the owner. But a dog with a good disposition, the instructor said, will show concern and may come over to the owner and even lick the owner's face. So Susan, Susan Mattis, who attended this class, decided to test her two dogs. Would her two dogs move toward her to bite her or lick her face? And so while eating pizza, she was eating pizza in the living room, she stood up, clutched her heart, screamed, and then fell to the floor. Her two dogs looked at her, they looked at each other, and they both raced to the table for the pizza. (laughs) So much for man's best friend. I'm afraid that's what my dog would exactly do. But what's your disposition? What are you disposed to? To be there in tough times? Or to walk away or worse, kick the person while he's down? Is there someone you did not stand in the gap with? Someone you did not remain by their side when you needed them the most? Well, maybe you need to go and make that right with that person. Aesop. Are you the kind of friend that remains a friend even when everyone else turns on them. Does that describe you? Now, I'm not suggesting, by the way, I'm not suggesting a loyalty that is blind, a loyalty that is blind to a person's integrity, a person's credibility, or some pattern of destructive behavior. But a second quality, then, of a genuine, real friend, honesty, honesty not just loyalty honesty see being loyal doesn't mean you condone certain behaviors see at times I believe maybe in the Christian community only but I believe at times uh, loyalty is confused with accepting someone's sinful lifestyle and that you're simply to overlook that and support their sinful choices no no, what does Proverbs have to say to that? What does a wise friend do in such situations? Look with me at Proverbs 27. If you haven't turned to the others, I want you to turn to Proverbs 27. We're going to look at two verses, verses five and six. First one is Proverbs 27, verse five. It says, open rebuke is better than hidden love. Now, hidden love is that which will not risk saying the hard thing. It's hidden love that really is no love at all that will not point out to a friend when he's headed or she's headed in the wrong direction. When rebuke is needed, it is unloving to not give such a timely, honest words. When a friend is traveling down the road to folly, which we've been looking at throughout our study in Proverbs, what is the loving thing to do? Say nothing? hidden love? No, look at the next verse, chapter 27, verse 6. Thought continues, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. The power of this verse is the twist in it saying the unexpected. Solomon creatively turns around the obvious. You would expect this to say that you get wounds from an enemy, and kisses from a friend. He turns it around. And what Solomon is saying here is that when you get wounds from a friend, they say the honest truth to you, you can trust it. What you shouldn't trust is a multitude of kisses. Like Judas kissed Jesus in his betrayal, the kisses of many who then turn on you. So I see kind of the flip side of honesty is flattery. Flattery. Elsewhere in Proverbs, Solomon speaks to flattery. Proverbs 28, verse 23. Proverbs 28, 23. It says, he who rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. Proverbs 28, 23. See, so often, why don't we say the hard thing, uh, loving thing to a friend? Because we value being liked over an honest word that would help your friend grow. Right? You've got to keep everybody happy here. Wrong, wrong approach to parenting. I got, my kids got to need to like me. I'm not going to say the hard thing. Proverbs 29, verse 5. 29, 5 says, Whoever flatters his neighbor, what are you doing when you do that? You're spreading a net for his feet, it's a trap. Flattery, I think I can define it this way, is to speak in such a way to make someone feel good about himself with a view to getting what you want. Frankly, guys do this to weaken a girl's will. I'll put that out there. You can test it for yourself. There's a little poem. Expresses it this way. Oh, innocent victims of Cupid. Remember this terse little Verse. To let a fool kiss you is stupid, but to let a kiss fool you is worse. (laughs) Flattery. It's not only only used to manipulate a date. Sadly, it's used in pulpits. It's used between brothers and sisters in, in the church. I mean, how often... Have we witnessed in the Christian community those who get plenty of kisses and hugs through praises to, to the pastor or to the leaders and others in the church while criticizing and stabbing those same people behind their backs? We can point to example upon example of those who one minute seem to roll out the carpet for you and the next minute pull it out from under you. One man observed, flatterers look like friends in the same way wolves look like dogs. So if you want to have wise friends, seek out those who will speak honestly into your life. Do you have those kind of people in your life? Have you given permission to at least one other person to be brutally honest with you? Is there someone you can go up and ask? (laughs) If you knew... That I wouldn't react sinfully or, or, or you know, in a, in a wrong way here. What would you say to me right now? <laughs> can you do, will you dare do that? I mean, is there something that I need to hear from you that's going to help me grow. Come on. I won't react wrongly here. Give it to me. <laughs> will we dare do that? Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Do you have those kind of wise friends around you? Are you that kind of friend? See, we need friends in our lives who tell it straight. And we need to be the kind of person who wants it straight. But being straight with others doesn't mean we go around and straighten everyone else out. Okay? Oh, I'm supposed to speak honest. I can't wait for this service to be. Oh, I had a few things to say. There's a third quality of genuine friend that ties in right here. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. Third quality. Chapter 26, verses 18 and 19. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows, is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. (laughs) Yeah, this one's a little convicting. Like a madman firing shots randomly is likened to one who can carelessly hurt others thinking it's all in good fun. Right? We might we might think, have you done this, you know, as long as we can add to whatever we're doing or saying I was only joking, it's okay. That's right? kind of our PS. I'm only I was only joking. And many a times I had to apologize for my insensitive comments in the name of joking. I know that probably shocks you. <laughs> Look shocked, please back for example back once when I back away ways when I was attending Bible college it was the first year of a, a first semester of a new year I bumped into this classmate at friendlies he was on his way out as I was waiting to go in to be seated and as he came out with some other people I I jokingly turned my head away pretending not to see him and they go oh I didn't see you there yeah how you doing I was all in fun, all in fun. A few weeks later, though, it happened again. He was on his way out of some place, and I was walking in, and, and me being the master of originality, I did it to him again. I kind of looked this way, and went, oh, that's why I didn't see you. One day after class, he pulled me aside to mention to me how on those two occasions, I had heard him. I was only joking was my comeback. He was offended. Now, I can chalk it up to him being overly sensitive, but it was a reminder that my P.S., I was only joking, was at the wrong time, and it can be hurtful. I had no idea what this guy was going through until years, till, till years later. I missed the mark. It wasn't the last time I've had to straighten that out with someone. See, sensitivity to where someone is at and what is helpful for what they need at that moment can go a long way. I was only joking, can't undo, and sensitive comments or insensitive actions. How sensitive are you, am I, to that word that wounds someone else and and the timeliness of that word? See, I think this quality of sensitivity speaks to appropriateness, appropriateness. Proverbs has a lot to say about an appropriate word. For example, in Proverbs 15, verse 23. Proverbs 15, verse 23. Do well to put this on an index card and take it with me throughout the day. A man, a woman, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good is a timely word? And so being a wise friend is knowing what to say and when to say it. In order to do that, it means I need to talk less and listen more so that I am sensitive to what the other person really needs from me right now. And not just what I think they need. Quality of sensitivity. Let me go a step further with this. Sensitivity, I believe, also has to do with the handling of information that the other person has shared with you. Proverbs 16, verse 28. And not this funny? You go all over Proverbs. 16, 28. It says, a perverse man stirs up dissension, now catch this, and a gossip separates close friends. Gossip separates close friends. Church, you can take that to the bank. In a survey of 40,000 Americans, the quality most valued in a friend is the ability to keep confidences. How are you doing there? Can you keep a confidence? Confidence? Loyalty, honesty, sensitivity, qualities needed in a friend and to be a friend. Let me give you principle number three. Friendships can be messy, but worth it. Friendships can be messy, but worth it. Because none of us get to relate to perfect people. And so in every life is going to come disappointment with a relationship. And you may wonder after a while, is it worth it? Do I really want to invest in this? There are many ways a friendship can go wrong. We just saw how gossip can wreck a friendship. But, but there's other ways. But I want to give you one other reason a friendship can go wrong. Look at me at Proverbs 17, verse 9. Proverbs 17, verse 9. This is where a relationship, friendships can go sideways. Chapter 17, verse 9. See, you really want to know who your friends are? Just make a mistake and you'll know. he who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Now stay there with that verse. The second line explains the first line again through contrast. The covering over sin here is not speaking to that hidden love. That we looked at earlier that says nothing about sinful behavior. That's not what this is saying. I just got covered. cover I don't look at it. That's not what it's saying. The covering has to do with what's emphasized in the second line of not repeating the matter. Are you a friend who repeats the wrong? Now you may not repeat it to others as gossip does. But I think this is really talking about repeating it to the one who did wrong. You know the kind of person who gets historical in a heated moment? Historical. I remember when you did this before, five years ago. I, re, I, re, you, you, I, yeah, I got a history of this. I know when you did it. And you get historical by going back in history and repeating the matter. Harriet Ward Beecher once said, one you keep a fair-sized cemetery in his backyard and wish to bury the faults of his friends. And that's why friendships are messy. We all sin. What separates close friends? A reminder of wrongs. Someone sin against you? Did he or she admit it? Ask for forgiveness? Looking not to repeat the sin? Drop it. Drop it. Don't even mention it one more time. Just as God has forgiven us as repeated offenders and not holding against us, we need to do the same for others because friends do that. But friends are going to let us down. There's only one person who fits all the qualities of a true friend. Jesus is the epitome of a genuine friend who hangs out with sinners like you and me. Jesus is the only one we can pin all of our hopes on to come through. A question I ask you, do you know this forever friend? Have you put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ? Is he your forever friend? You see, and the one in whom we must look first to complete us is Christ. Don't put that on anybody else to complete you and fulfill you. Don't do it because when we're secure in His love and who we are in Him, we sang it earlier, are we then better able to be a friend to others? Because if you're trying to find that fulfillment and completeness in people, you're going to discover they're going to let you down. And it's time to kind of revisit that and consider the one true friend who really will stick closer than a brother. Then you can reach out to your friends in a better way because people will let you down. People will not always come through. People will fail you. It's not, it's not an excuse for unloving actions, but it's realistic. But how freeing it is when we, instead of looking others to complete us, to find that in Christ, and when that happens, the freedom, we're free, we sang that too. We're free in being that friend to others because I'm not looking to you to complete me. I have that. freeing friendships are messy Paul Tripp entitled one of his books relationships are a mess worth making so perhaps you're here today and you've been on the receiving end of disloyalty and dishonesty and insensitivity you may be here today still feeling the wound and the deep disappointment of someone who, who lets you down someone you thought was going to be there for you through thick and thin and, and maybe it's maybe it's your spouse and, and maybe maybe it's your mom or your dad or or maybe it's someone who you who who someone in this room or who used to be in this room maybe someone in your neighborhood I don't know who it is but maybe that person they just walked out on you that person they didn't stand up for you when you needed them the most and it hurts And likely to one degree or another, every single person in this room, myself included, has experienced at least one failed friendship, one person who lets you down. And you may be asking, is it worth it? Really? Do I want to do this again? Maybe you become cynical about friendships, so that the words of Paul Simon have become your theme song, right? I built walls, a fortress deep and mighty. That none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. Is that your theme song? Have you been hurt? I know. It's scary to enter into the world of relationships again. And you know what? There are no guarantees that you won't get hurt again. Love deeply. You're going to hurt badly. But it's still worth it. Venture out, church. Pursue wise friendships. Don't go through life on the sidelines. Get back on the playing field. Take the risk. Don't walk through life alone. See, we can be successful in our business without a friend. We can be uh, put in an honest day of work without a friend. We can serve in a ministry without a friend. We can faithfully attend church each Sunday without a friend. We can work out, we can go on hikes, we can parent our kids, we can do chores at home, we can attend school, we can play in the band or on a team uh, without a friend. But you cannot really grow in your walk with the Lord without a friend. You cannot. Don't buy it. You cannot. You cannot become wise without a friend because you need, I need, Christian friends speaking into my life providing me with objectivity, spotting those blind spots and sharpening me to keep me from losing my edge. And you need that too. Because we are wired for relationships. We were made for community. That's why we place such an emphasis at EBC on community groups. Because it is there we can do life together. There's power in shared lives. We were made to be connected because nothing destroys people like isolation. During the time when American POWs were imprisoned in North Vietnam, they were kept in uninhabitable dungeons and they were kept in these places in order to isolate the prisoners from each other. However, some men discovered a way to communicate with each other and sustain one another by tapping through walls. They developed this code that the North Vietnamese never mastered on a simple of a simple five-by-five five grid. They would tap the first line and then, the, the, then the, the letter in that line. and so the letter B would be tap, tap, tap. C would be tap, 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 tap the Annoy uh, Hilton Prison, says ex-Air uh, Force pilot Ron Bliss. He said, at times it sounded like a den of runaway woodpeckers. <laughs> All the wood. They could communicate with one another throughout the buildings by tapping on the walls. Otherwise, they would have become overwhelmed by isolation. The code flowed so fluently that the men could even tell one another jokes. By the way, a kick on the wall meant a laugh. (laughs) You could tell a joke and get a laugh. There There was community. They realized how much they needed each other. Every Sunday, at a coded signal, the men stood and recited the Lord's Prayer together by tapping. They would even recite the Pledge of Allegiance by tapping. Nothing destroys us like isolation. Nothing destroys us like isolation. There is a better way. Shared lives are stronger than any individual power. Shared lives are stronger than any individual personal power. Let's pray. God, there's so much here that we can take away, and I pray... you would personalize it to our lives one thing I I really hope we grabbed a hold of is that you are our forever friend that we can find in you one who is loyal to the end who will stick with us will never leave us that you gave your life for us how will you not also along with that, graciously give us all things, your very self, your presence in our lives every single day. And so God, may we hang on to that, that you are our forever friend so that we can then be that kind of friend It's not looking for others to complete us, but to be that kind of friend to other people that brings out the best in them. All to your glory and praise in Jesus' name, amen.